Hello there, and welcome to the second episode of Interview with an Expert and Mr. Ken Foose. Um, this will continue the, from the previous interview right where I left off, so no further introduction needed from me. Do check out uh, the blog, drop some uh, comments in the show notes and what have you. Um, check out Ken's website. Um, it'll all be in the show notes and things like that, all the links and all that good stuff. So, Here's Mr. Ken Foose. What's What I find ironic is uh, in, um, in a lot of these places, it's going to be illegal to keep a snake. Mm-hmm. But you can go out and kill all you want. Yeah, very true. And no one's going to say anything about it. You know, I mean, uh, uh, they're, they're going to they're gonna put a ban on keeping venomous reptiles. Mm-hmm. And there's some controversy on that. There's pros and cons to it, you know. Oh, but, sure. But I'll guarantee you, Freer Texas will have that rattlesnake roundup every year. Yeah. And, uh, and... And yet, you won't be able to keep a snake in your home under lock and key in the proper way. Right. But those. But you can murder ten thousand. Those good old boys out there will be. Oh, there aren't even those snakes aren't even in Freer, Texas anymore. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're shipping them in. Yeah. From other places, they've already killed them all off there. And uh, so, but I guarantee you, the you know the old JCs are going to keep those mm. rattlesnake roundups going. And uh, but you and I won't be able to keep them anymore. Right and, and like I said, venomous stuff is you know baitable thing. You know? Sure, yeah. There's but, pros and cons to both sides, and but, you know. but if, if properly done and properly kept, mm-hmm. there is no reason why people shouldn't be able to keep the most deadly vipers or lapids or whatever in in the world in their home mm-hmm. if properly done. And, right. And what the biggest problem with keeping hot snakes is you have the moron factor. Yeah, totally. And it's the morons, which aren't many of them. Right. But it's the morons that get all the attention. Exactly. And it's morons that are going to uh, cause us to go down. Mm-hmm. And now, the Burmese python invasion in Florida, certainly I don't think that was moronic. I think that hurricane let all those snakes loose. Yes. And, and they spread. But then you have the morons who do let them go. Yeah, exactly. There's not many. Right. But they're morons. But there's not, yeah. Or the morons who let the snake run around and kill their kid. Those are those are the morons. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and because I guarantee you, I know thousands of snake keepers, and I can't think of any that I know mm-hmm. that let a Burmese python curl around their home. Yeah, no, not so much. <laughs> because if there are people that do that, and I'm sure there are, they're morons. Yeah. And I don't talk to morons. <laughs> exactly. So so you have you know who would right. You know? And and so my circle of friends certainly do not include morons. Right. Uh, but it's the morons that get all the attention. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there, there was a man here probably about 10 or 15 years ago, and he would come in here and he would buy your mastics. Okay. Your specialty. Mm-hmm. He would buy your mastics. He would buy a Gypticus, back when I could get the big ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he would buy ornates, and he would buy... There were no mollies back in these days. These were all fairly right. expensive here mastics. Oh, yeah. They were you know, Egyptian, big Egyptians were like 50 bucks, but he would buy them, and then a week later he'd come back and buy some more, and a week later he'd buy, come back and buy some more, and he's buying all these Euromastics. And one day one of my employees said, you never buy cages, you just buy Euromastics. He said, oh yeah, I don't keep them. Said, what are you doing with them? So I love these things so one much. I want to see them in their natural habitat as often as possible. Oh, dear so Lord. I'm establishing an isolated population of red uh, in Red Rock Canyon. Jesus, Pete. And I said, wait, you are 
letting these things go in a federal preserve that's there to protect wildlife? I said, yeah, but I'm putting them out here in the rocks, and, and so right there in front of God and country and every customer and my employees, I said, this man is not allowed to ever buy another animal from us for any reason whatsoever. Right. Unless I give the okay. Absolutely none. And I said, right in front, I said, you're a moron. Yeah. I said, you know, now some fishing game guy is going to walk out there and find a bunch of your mastics. Go, oh my God, we've got a breeding population of invasive African invasive. animals. Yeah. We better ban them. Yep. And, and you, Unbelievable. Another guy who would come in here every week and buy a rat for his, ball, for his boa. Okay. Every Saturday he's in for one large live rat. And after about two months or so, he says, hey, I have a problem. So what's the problem? He says, my boa hasn't eaten for two, three months. What do I do? You've been coming in here every week and buying a rat. He says, yeah, but I won't eat them. So what'd you do with the rat? What do you do with rats? Oh, I'm just going over and throwing them over the wall of the desert right out Dear there. Lord. I'm just tossing them over the wall. And I'm like, okay, from now on, no one sell this man a rat. Ever. And he brought his snake in like the next week and left it with me and I got it to eat in like two days. But you know, once again this is this is absolutely nuts. Especially the fact that we have a policy where if you take your rat home and the snake doesn't eat it, bring it back, I'll give you a credit for a rat. Right. Most and, and well most shops that I've been yeah, to have the same and, thing. And then you you don't have to buy a rat right. over and over exactly. and over again. And uh but but so so these are these are morons, and these are the kind of morons that let Burmese pythons go, and these are the kind of morons who don't lock down their venomous reptile cages well enough, right. and these are the morons that uh, uh, you know flush stuff down the toilet, and these are the you know these are the morons that that give us a bad name, right? And and it's and it's not just you know it's not just us. It's like zoos even get caught up in it. Look at that cobra in New York. Oh, Lord, yeah. And it was funny. Oh, yeah, it was hilarious. I followed him on Facebook. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And I liked John Stewart, you know, showing him going out yeah. and but, but, you know, they lost a they lost a black mamba at the Sacramento Zoo about 25, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. It got out of the squeeze bucket and escaped. And they literally, they closed down the reptile house and then they closed down the zoo. Wow. And they were terrified. And it's a black mom. It's nothing yeah. to take, nothing to take Not something to mess lightly. with. And they called a bunch of us in. And I went, and and all the, all the guys from Woodland Park went. And I was in the private sector at the time, but I but I was close. Yes. I was two hours away from Sacramento. So I drove in. A lot of people flew in. A lot of people drove in. And, and we were looking for this snake. And I'm about somewhere on the back 40, beating the bushes with a snake hook, you know. And I hear where they found it. It was in an air conditioner duct probably about three feet from its cage. <laughs> and so it so it had worked. They, you you have those you know, the back you've been in the back sides of right. the tile houses. Those doors locked down, nothing gets in, nothing gets out. Right. And when this cobra escaped, I told her, I said, It's there. It's still in there. Yeah. 
So they, 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 they locked it down. Yep. The snake can't get out. These zoos are designed not to let these things escape. Right. And uh, it's still there. And people talk about now it's here, and you know, and of course there it's posted in front of the Statue of Liberty. Oh, sure. And, and all this stuff. But but where did they find it? They found it. What they say, fifty feet from its cave. Yeah. Coiled up in a corner. Yep. Just hanging out. I said that's where it is. It, it can't leave the building. <clears throat> but they made this huge. Production, and it was funny. But were the people in New York really terrified? There was a cobra running loose in their midst. I don't think so. No, I think they were just having good fun. But yeah. now you have some guy who's got a collection of snakes in his bedroom, mm-hmm. and he loses a cobra. Now right. what do we do? Now what do we do now? Uh, getting back to years and years ago when I brought in those those twenty five Burmese pythons, mm-hmm. I had a choice. I could buy 25 Burmese pythons for for like $15 a piece, mm-hmm. or I could buy 25 um, uh, monocle cobra, $10 a piece. Wow. And partner that was going to do this with me, we're going to split our money and buy these snakes. But anyway, getting back to the whole crux of this before I went on, can you, you know, yeah, no worries. Herb, herb societies are very important because you can educate your members, you mm-hmm. can educate the public. Uh, try to get the fear factor out of this. Right. Uh, people, as you know very well now, and all of us know, people are not born afraid of snakes. Right. It's a learned behavior. You have to be taught. And which is why I, I, it dismays me so much when two and three year old kids come in here terrified of snakes. Right. Because they're too young to be afraid of snakes. They've right. been really brainwashed really well. But uh, you know, my 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 mother and father were not afraid of snakes. Mm-hmm. So I'm not afraid of snakes, mm-hmm. and, um, and my children aren't afraid of snakes. Right. Her parents were. Were your parents afraid of snakes? Yeah, because my mom's terrible. So you're a you're a fluke. <laughs> oh, that's right. Her mother won't come out to visit us because of all the snakes in the house. Yeah. But but if you visit my house, right. And you come into my living room. Or you go into the spare bedroom and spend the night, or you use the bathroom, or you go into the kitchen. There are no snakes. There are no reptiles. You don't see the reptiles unless I want you to see the reptiles. Right. They're in separate rooms that are locked. And mm-hmm. No one ever goes there. And uh, unfortunately, most of my friends are reptile people, so we all end up. Yeah, <laughs> we all but, end uh, up there anyway. <laughs> but but you know, if you come into my into my living room, uh, there's a, there's a big tank with a fly river turtle in it. Oh, nice. And that's it. Yeah. You know, the rest of it's just, you know. Until I start overflowing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but that would be her overflowing. <laughs> but um, but so but we must educate not only ourselves, but we must educate the public. Unfortunately, there are not enough of us to educate the public. Right. Because I mean, and the... we're going to lose. No matter what we try to do, we are going to lose. Right. Um, we're losing ground quick. Here in Nevada, I haven't lost any ground because it's still a small state. Mm-hmm. And I'm fairly well known here, and and I can still, my opinion still holds a little bit of weight. Right. But as more people move to Nevada, mm-hmm. my opinion will become diluted. Right. And pretty soon I'll just be another voice. Right. And the problem is, there are going to be a lot of voices in opposition to mine. Right. Over time, I think I'm not sure. Sure, we're we're also blessed here in Nevada in the fact that uh, uh, with with snake bites, 
venomous snake bites. I would say since I've lived in Nevada, I've heard of two people who've been bit by a wild rattlesnake mm-hmm. ever. Wow, and that's pretty good considering the desert we have here and the number yeah. of rattlesnakes we have. And uh, and both of those were illegitimate bites. Both of those were bit bites on the hand. One was a like a, a third grader, mm-hmm. and the snake was literally in the school playground. Gotcha. He'd come down out of the hills looking for water or whatever, and he reached down and picked it up. And it bit much like when I was nine years old. Right. Uh, mine was an illegitimate bite too. If I left yeah. that snake alone, he would have never bit me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but but the herb societies are really really important. A lot of herb societies stress Latin. Right. And, and try to teach kids a little science. What else am I going to say? You know, it's funny as you mentioned. You know, they stress Latin. We were, uh, I think it was the third uh, San Diego Herb Society meeting I'd ever been to, and the first time I remember being Bob Applegate, which you know, of course, I'd read his book, and you know, he was, you know, light shines when he walks into the room for me at that time. You well, know, that's, well, that's, that's because he usually got a, uh, he's, he's got a buzz and a glow. <laughs> The glow from the beer lights up. And I, I have Bob Applegate stories that I cannot tell you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, we were having a conversation about Latin. So we asked Bob, who's correct? He's like, well, here's how you do it. He said, being that I'm the oldest man in the room, what I say is correct. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and I've always gone by that. So if I never know how to pronounce a Latin name, I'll contact Bob and ask him, <laughs> and then I know it's correct. Bob, Bob is a smart man, but uh, but it's uh, but and a lot of herb societies uh, stress that the the biggest problem with with herb societies now mm-hmm. uh, is not that they're not exciting places to go because they are. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and 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 the meetings are cool, and you get to meet friends and some somewhat. But we didn't have the internet to contend with back in the old days. Right. We didn't have magazines. We didn't have this plethora of books. Right. You had to go to a herb society like IHS or even a regional herb society meeting to, to get learn, information to, to learn anything. Yeah. Now you Google anything you want. I could Google a half a Latin name and come up with the right animal. Right. You know, and, and so it doesn't matter what you want to know. And that's uh, where IHS. We, we still have great speakers, fantastic speakers. Yeah, you do. And, 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 and fantastic venues. Uh-huh. Um, but less and less people attend because that's the price of gas and transportation and what out, not go up. And people have less and less time mm-hmm. to, they only have so much vacation pay. Right. And they they to got actually where they want to go. And, and you know, when, when the dad with the wife and four kids says, I want to take our vacation to Fort Worth and go to IHS <laughs> for a week, I'm pretty sure the kids go Disneyland, you know. And, exactly. And, and so, and so it's to, although we, we do have some families with their kids that do come. Oh, yeah, definitely. And they are growing these kids up to be much... It's definitely a more, it's becoming more family friendly. Yes, but, um, but with the internet now... You don't need to go to IHS to learn how to breed something anymore. You right. just punch it up on the computer. Reptile shows are the same way. Uh, with all the advent of all these reptile shows now, you don't have to go to IHS to learn how to breed. You can go to a reptile show and ask the breeder. True. And he'll tell you how to do it just so he'll sell that animal. Mm-hmm. With nothing wrong with that. But, right, but, sure. But, at, but with all the shows, when, I, when we used to advertise IHS... In Reptiles magazine, uh, 
we would put my phone number as a contact. Right. Because I've been around for a while and I'm here every day. Right. And they would call here and ask how many vendors do we have at chess. <laughs> and uh are, 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 can, can I get a booth information or whatever? And I said, it's, this is not a reptile show. This is a symposium. We don't allow the sale of live animals at IHS. We teach you about the animals at IHS. Oh, well, I'm not interested. So, I don't want to say that IHS or regional herb societies are no longer relevant because I think they are. Mm -hmm. uh, but in this day and age of instant messaging and and, right. and, and computers on phones now and yeah. stuff like that, um, uh, it's it's changed. And I, I think the I think a lot of people are missing out on the camaraderie that goes with this. Oh, definitely. Uh, and I mean, I know people have their top secret projects, but back back when I first started this, we all happily shared yeah every trick we could to get you to breed that snake. Exactly. And now. It's become a commercial venture, right? And, and it's a trade secret, and, and 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 that's all fine and well. I, I can understand that, but it sure does seem to take the fun out of it. In uh, uh, IHS has gone through a lot of different stages where where it was started by breeders, yeah, who didn't know how to breed, <laughs> and then it we moved into the zoo phase. We had a lot of zookeepers in attendance at IHS, right? And then it went, it's, it's like politics, like U.S. politics, then academia took over. Right. And that's when the split happened. Mm -hmm. That's when one day they said, we don't want you selling reptiles in your hotel rooms anymore. Because <laughs> that's what you went to IHS for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People said, you go to IHS, to, no, no. We went to IHS to see a, a box on a bed at Tom Scrudgefield's room of baby Galapagos tortoises. Right. We, we went... To to IHS because Philippe de Vaugelet had 500 baby Pac-Man frogs in his bathtub. Uh, we we went to go see the Egyptian cobras in room 161. Oh, right. Oh, you know that's what we were there for. Right. And so you went to the talks all day, and then all night you were up going from room to room to room to room. Yeah. You were buying and shopping and looking and gawking and. Oh yeah. And then the split came where. Where academia that was running IHS said we no longer want live animals and mm -hmm. they're banned. So that's when Wayne Hill said, "Well, screw you guys. Mm. I'll, I'll show you." And look at what Wayne Hill did, you know. And so the next thing you know, you've got his big thing in Orlando, and right. And uh, so that took a lot away from IHS. Mm -hmm. I once asked Bob Clark, who's a dear old friend of mine, I said, "Why don't you come to IHS anymore?" Yeah. He said, "Because my customers don't." My customers are at the reptile shows. Mm -hmm. I have only so many me's. I can only be in so many places at once. Right. I have to allocate my resources where, where they're needed. My customers don't go to IHS. My customers go to reptile shows. Gotcha. So he does reptile shows. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I certainly understand that. Sure. Uh, when IHS kind of turned their back on, on herpetoculture, right. we'll say, um, uh, that diminished IHS a little bit to the point where several years later we met in Cincinnati, Ohio and academia was once again still running the show 
and I was on the board of advisors because mm-hmm. uh, I kind of forced myself in because <laughs> I didn't like all these secret meetings and all this stuff that was going on, you know. Right. And, and uh, so I got in there and I watched as the officers dissolved IHS. So this is our last meeting. We're done. We only have 75 people in attendance. Uh, we're, we're not paying the bills. We're finished. It's over. And and I walked out of that meeting with a couple of other people that were on the advisory board who don't have a vote. And and we went to the bar and we said some select friends because they didn't want us to right. announce it to everybody. Uh, you know, IHS is gone. It's over. This is the last meeting. And some people cried. Yeah. The women folk, not us guys, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and and uh, I said, you know, I live in Vegas. I said, how about next year? Why don't the five or six of us, why don't you guys just come on over and we'll stay at my place? I think we can, I have room for everybody at my house and we'll just visit and bullshit like we do every year. We'll go out and have yeah. a good time. And, and uh, Finn Scheid, who's been to almost every guy, Jess, he's, he was big in, right. in, in San Diego Herb Society yeah. back in the old days, and said, you know, we could take pictures of our stuff and bring slides and show them. I said, yeah, I got a big blank wall in my living room. We could, we could show that. That'd be cool. He says, you know, we could maybe go to dinner. I said, yeah, it's not quite a banquet, but we could all go to dinner somewhere. You know, there's a lot sure. of restaurants in Vegas. And, you know, we should ask and see if other people want to come, too. I said, well, able yeah, to do that, there's not a rough room in my house. We'd have to set up everybody in a hotel. <laughs> he says, you know, how many people can your house hold? I said, oh, probably, probably 30, 40 people. Then we're going to be out of room you know, for any kind of talks. He says, well, you know, we could rent a room, you know, like a little banquet room, and we mm-hmm. can show our slides there. And I said, yeah, so we're going to rent, rent a hotel room, a block of hotel rooms, and set up a, a room to show our slides is yeah we could do some kind of a field trip and we could go out and do some stuff in the desert so so yeah so uh i said uh you know we've just reinvented ihs (laughs) so we went back into the board meeting the next day and basically told the powers that be that they could could go to hell (laughs) we're doing it anyway we said we said you know we don't care if we make a profit Right. We don't care if anyone shows up. Yeah. We don't care. We're going to show up, and anyone else who wants to show up will show up. Feel free. And if 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 ten people show up, I don't care. Right. Right. I, I don't care. And and fortunately, you know, it's like we we met in Nashville, and it wasn't a very good showing, mm-hmm. and we've never been as good as when the when the split. And uh, Tucson was pretty good last year. Fort Worth should be really, really good. Uh, it, it, Texas is a big place for a while, yeah. so, so it's, a, it's a good place. But uh, So IHS will never be as relevant as it was, and Herp Societies will never be as relevant as they were. Mm-hmm. But they should be. Right. And, and over time, they better be. Right. Uh, and I, I'm not even talking about IHS, but just, just the regional Herp Societies. If, if the one thing I could tell people... If there's a herb society in their town, join it. Right. If there's not, start one. And how, how hard is it to start one? I mean, is there, is there, who would you say would you um, direct them to if somebody wanted to say, you know, do it start, themselves. Start it. 
I, I, I here's how I started the Herb Society in uh, in in Reno. Okay. I bought an ad in the pet section of the one ads. Okay. In in the newspaper. Right. I said May twenty fifth, seven o'clock. Uh, Godfather's Pizza. Right. Starting a reptile club. Anyone who's interested, show up. All right. And they showed up. <laughs> and, and, and there were a lot of them that showed up. Right, right. And uh, when I moved down here, mm-hmm. I had a pet store. Of course. So I didn't need to put an ad in the paper. Right. I just said, hey, I'm going to start a reptile society. Mm-hmm. Um, here's where we're meeting. This is when we're meeting. Right. And uh, and in fact, here, I actually had a president, vice president, all the officers all lined up. I had a constitution all written. Okay. And it was all ready to go. And and then, like, but the guys that were on board for this mm-hmm. wanted to wait. Let's wait a couple months. Let's wait this. I said, you know, why? Why wait? I said, yeah. I'll do it myself. I went and talked to the Museum of Natural History, and they gave us a place to meet for free. Wow. And I had the meeting there, and we had... In its heyday, we had probably two, three hundred people attend at one time, um, and and then slowly over time it kind of diminished uh, as the internet became sure. more prevalent, and uh, to the point where there just weren't enough people showing up to justify all the work. Right. And and I I quit. You know, yeah. And then and then Kim took it over. Yeah. But um, but like I said, without without herb societies, I'm really worried. But it's not hard to do. Right. Uh, it, it's it's especially now with computers and stuff. It's really right. hard to do. Right. Get into a chat room, a local chat room. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know where the kids hang out. You know, yeah. and and and, uh, and announce it there. Put it in the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there there's all kinds of different ways. You put it on your Facebook page. Right. And right. Say, hey, I'm going to start a herb society. It should. It, it's not that hard to do. There's enough bylaws and constitutions and other herb societies out there join one of those get a copy of their stuff right copy it yeah they won't care yeah exactly you know uh they'll they'll say yeah use it you know just make sure it's not copyrighted stuff but right exactly copy their bylaws. that's what i did i was a member of about 30 or 40 different herb societies right and i just took all their bylaws and calmed them all together and made my own Mm -hmm. and i took the best out of in this section of the interview, I asked Mr. Ken Foose about uh, reptile shows and uh, pet stores and how they compared to one another, and uh, this was his explanation for that. You know, I, I have maybe three piebald pythons in here a year. Mm-hmm. How many piebalds were at that little show? Little show. And right. there were probably five, six, seven, eight of them there, you know? Right. Um, I, I can't afford that. Yeah. But, so I start them out with a ball python, mm-hmm. just regular ball python. Right. And eventually they go, oh, well, this is cool, and look at this color morph, and look at this, and look at this, and they'll buy a few of the lower high-end animals for me. Mm-hmm. And eventually they go to the really high-end animals. Okay. They can't get them at a pet store, because pet stores can't afford to have that inventory sitting there. Right. And so they go to reptile shows, or they go and buy them off of kingsink.com, mm-hmm. or, or Fauna Classifieds, or, or something right. like that. And so I create the customer. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said, oh, Lord, you know, you know, all, the, all these reptile shows, all you guys do, you know, it's because of me. Right. And people like me in the pet industry. Right. That you guys have a job at all. Right. At these reptile shows. Because if it weren't for us, <laughs> yeah. there would be no interest in these reptiles. We're what sparks the interest. Right. 
and, and they go on from there. Mm-hmm. And hopefully these people will then become breeders and maybe academia, maybe zookeeper, right. maybe what, who knows. You know? yeah. and, and, uh, the floor is wide open. Uh, they can do all kinds of stuff with it once we spark their interest. But as far as papers go, it doesn't have to be technical, it doesn't have to be fancy. Uh, you, you breed something unusual, tell us about it. Mm-hmm. What did you do? How did you do it? Right. Uh, you know, where'd you get the idea? Mm-hmm. What help did you have? Um, a, a very good example of it would be um, Cindy Steinle, who is the director mm-hmm. of Kingsing. Okay. Uh, she's she's a Barringer's right hand woman. Right. And she does all the all that other floss, not not the the classifieds, right. but all the other floss you see, all the slideshows and all right. this and the blogs and so that's all Cindy. And uh, mm-hmm. on women with herpetology. Oh wow. And I like to talk. And I said, you know, you should do that at ISS. And Cindy doesn't want to talk in public. She's scared to death. <laughs> but I pushed her, pushed her, pushed her, pushed her, and she she submitted her abstract to Steve Hammock from the Fort Worth Zoo. And and I'm going through IHS stuff that I'm supposed to keep tabs of, and she uh, calls me up, and uh, she she calls up and asks. I said in my abstract two weeks ago, am I doing this? Right. I said, well, I'm looking at the list of speakers, and you're on it. <laughs> so I think so. Awesome. And, and uh, so, um, um, so it's not hard okay. to do. Just tell us something. Cool. You know, even even a herb society. If you're good at breeding corn snakes, tell us how you do it. I don't want to see that at IHS. Right, right. But, but if you're going to do it, do it. Yes. There you have it, folks. That was Mr. Ken Foose from the monthly column in Reptiles Magazine, Herper's Most Wanted for Reptiles Magazine. And uh, you can see more of Ken, uh, Mr. Ken Foose's work at Exotic Pets Las Vegas. And once again, those uh, links and stuff like that will be in the show notes. And we'd like to thank Mr. Ken Foose for uh, being on the show. Look forward to seeing your comments in the show notes and the comments fields. And we look forward to seeing you back here next week in the Reptile Living Room.